You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my lovely wife, Pam. We're already halfway through January. I can't believe this. We blinked and it's almost done with the month. Yeah, but we're on the air now. And the fair people of Sexy Marriage Radio Nation are spending the time with us, which we're so grateful for each and every week, how you take some time out of your day to dive into the world of married life and sex and love and how it could be better, how we get over the stuff that's not so good. How do we just frame conversations? That's what we try to do here at Sexy Marriage Radio is help you have a better conversation about what's going on in your married life. Mm-hmm. Because we believe that how you do life is how you do sex. How you do sex is how you'll do life. Those are always interchangeable. So let's all be better. Let's do it. Is the absolute goal. Let's go. And if you like what we got going on, we ask you to jump on iTunes, rate and review the show, leave a comment, uh, help us spread the word that married sex is a hotbed for sex. And also, we want to hear from you as the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation. You can call us at 214-702-9565. That gets your email to, or your message or question or topic to the front of the line. Because several of you have emailed in, which is feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And sometimes you get pushed backwards because there's other things that keep coming in that help frame our conversation. Mm-hmm. And they do help, um, you know, this is listener-driven radio. And so the, the nation is vital to helping each and every week where we go. Right. We want to hear what your thoughts are, what your questions are. That that drives where we go. Yep. And then if you want even more access to what goes on at Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, consider joining the Academy, smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. You can find all the information you need, get the extended content, as well as interaction with some vibrant people that are involved in the Slack channels and the conversations that take place because it truly is a community of people helping other people. Right. That uh, you get more access to us, more access to them, support Mm -hmm. all the way through. And then don't forget about the getaway coming in June. We hope to see you there. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by Infinite Moon and their EverPillow. InfiniteMoon.com is where you can learn more. And if you use the code SMR10, you can save 10% on your fully customizable pillow for a great night's sleep, infinitemoon.com. Speaking of the inbox and the stuff that goes on in the intrawebs of the world, <laughs> this just came in to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Thank you for the wonderful podcast you provide each week. I listened to the recent one on role play, and as a topic that's not been covered much, I think listeners were hoping to hear what is good role play and what's okay and what's not okay in this arena. We've had some fun and dabbled in this area from time to time and have set up some of our own boundaries to keep it a fun and safe space. One of these is it's always only fantasy. What I mean is that the roles could never be turned into reality. For example, a hot, sexy superhero who needs a good reward for all the hard work she or he has done by taking care of everyone else's need, or the superhero arrives to reward their partner for something or anything, we can leave this up to the imagination. But we, still, we generally steer clear of potential real-life fantasies. For example, if one of the partners in the relationship is a teacher, we probably wouldn't give the good, bad student and teacher scenario. 
it would be a miss because there could be a potential for one of these partners to get too deep into it because it's too close to reality. And we don't want to cause a little insecurity in the other partner. Interested to know your thoughts. Keep up the show and great work. Those are some pretty valid points, right? They really are. Thinking about boundaries that you set up and and mm, what if we're hitting a little bit too close to home on yep. what the real story is. And this kind of information uh, helps frame where we're heading today. Okay. Um, but I also thought they the way they frame it, I love kind of leading off part of the episode with, here's what we do. Right, yeah. let, let's kind of, let, let's share us. Let's be a little more vulnerable first. Right. And then ask your question. So we'll table that, the idea of fantasy for just a little bit, because that's where we're heading today. Okay, great. Coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, several of your questions and our answers, which are all on the topic of fantasy, because last week's episode, uh, we tackled the world of anal sex at the beginning of the episode. My wife um, came through as my wife. As a as Pam, yeah, I'm. If you want to win some money at poker, play with me, because I I got no poker face, and she's not wrong. You'll know where I'm coming from. So, here so we're we going to continue the thread of that in today's conversation on the air in the whole realm of fantasy, because we've got some good emails that have come in with some specifics. Okay, because in All the right. past, in the archives of Sexy Marriage Radio, um, there is quite a few on the whole general idea of fantasy. But in this case, we're going to try to go into some of the specifics. Okay. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, plus there's no ads, and you can subscribe at smrnation.com. We've got an email that's come in from a wife whose husband uh, really struggles with performance anxiety. Mm. And so she is talking about how frustrating it is in her marriage when that happens for for both of them. Sure, sure. And so we'll do the same thing we've done where we'll go we'll read the email at the beginning and then we'll answer it in the extended. So if you're interested in joining the extended to get that part, smrnation.com forward slash SMR Academy is where you can join at whatever whatever level you choose to hear our answer. All that's coming up on today's show. So let's jump right in to this idea of fantasy. Sounds good. Okay. Because well, let's start it this way first, I guess. When you think of the idea of fantasy, what comes to your mind? And that's not just a question for my wife, Pam, since she's on the air with me. If you're listening, what comes to mind? Well, I think of something outside of who I am, who you are on okay. a day-to-day basis. Um, immediately, I think of different locations. Okay, but I also think of potentially the role play uh, scenario where you're trying to be, you know, someone you're not. Okay. So it's something that's that's an imaginary thing. Yeah, that's that's one okay. route of it. I mean, we've brought up before. To me, fantasy goes back to also potentially prior experiences. Okay. In our relationship. So. Before we get into specifics with this topic, because yeah. we've got um, some emails that have come in from listeners, which thank you again to the listeners that are, it's humbling that we are invited in to the depths that we get invited in in people's lives. Yeah. Uh, and it's something we don't take lightly, but I think we need to frame this conversation at the outset with a couple of things just to level set everything. Okay. First and foremost... Um, I want to make sure that anybody that's listening to today's episode, and and in fact, all of them, 
um, there's two things that must be uh, discussed. One, we are not moral authorities for people, right? That, that that's not what we're trying to take the stance of, mm-hmm. right? That this we're going to talk some generalities, we're going to talk some specifics, but it, it comes down to each person's character, value set, integrity, and morality. And, sure. and for us, that's going to be framed through a Christian lens and a relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But even in that case, there's a lot of times where Christians, and part of what Sexy Marriage Radio has become, is a place that Christians can ask the questions that they don't know where else to ask, because we'll tackle the topic. But I want to make sure from the outset everybody hears, I'm not a theologian that's trying to take a moral stance according to what Scripture says you should or shouldn't do. That's an individual, personal thing. There's some things, absolutely, that are a little more black and white in Scripture. There's a whole lot of it that's not. And so we're going to venture into that gray area today. And then the second is this is not to be a substitute for counseling. (laughs) It's kind of a conversation. This is not counseling advice. Because we'll talk some specifics of what some of the emails have come in. Okay. Okay? Okay. So... Anything else that we need to add before we jump into the first email? No. Okay. Shaking your head's good, uh, good radio. Shaking, good radio, good radio. I'm thinking, wow, you're the professional here, so I'm counting on you to have covered those bases. <laughs> I plan to. Okay. So this email goes, hope this email finds you well, and it's a little longer, this email is. So I'm a Christian man, and I love the Lord. My wife and I have been married for just over 18 years. Much of my life, however, and even throughout seasons of the first decade, pornography was a significant part of my life. I believe over the years I've acquired a much healthier understanding of godly sexuality and how that plays out in the context of marriage, particularly as it relates to desires, frequency, types of sexual acts, etc. I believe my expectations are realistic and in line with what God would have for our marriage. But having said that, and after listening to episode 385, which was Sexual Attraction and Fantasy, it, I was really pressed into the fantasy that I've had of engaging a threesome in different ways and for different reasons, obviously, but the idea of having a threesome with either a man or a woman is a real turn-on for me that would join with my wife. I would add here that I in no way have homosexual tendencies. It's just the idea of watching my wife orally please another man while she and I are having sex or while I'm orally pleasing her that, that really turns me on. My wife has zero clue this is a fantasy of mine, and we don't talk about fantasy at all. I know that to bring another individual and or porn into the bedroom for him is morally wrong and isn't going to create the intimacy and connection that I ultimately desire, but I'm having a hard time letting go of or dealing with this fantasy of mine. And how do I do it even in a God-honoring and, and I love this phrase, a wife-honoring way? Yeah. I feel like a complete pervert for this desire, and yet something tells me that this is a desire that many men and maybe even women experience. While I have no intentions to act out this fantasy, I'm curious to know if you might have any ideas or thoughts for me of how I can address this fantasy with my wife. We seem, as a show, to support the idea that fantasy and sharing those experiences and fantasies with our spouse, provided it's done in the context of marriage and only involves our spouse. In other words, do you suppose there's a way we could act out this fantasy of mine without the presence of another person? I know it seems silly that I'm even asking the question since a threesome would involve a, three, a third person, which he's not wrong if you think right. of it in that framework. Math is pretty easy there. And he's not suggesting that it, that's what I would do. But does it seem strange that it might, I might be turned on at the sight of my wife performing oral sex on a toy or a dildo while I have sex with her or while I perform oral sex on her? 
or the idea of her masturbating with a dildo while she performs on me. So in my in our opinion, are these thoughts completely out of line or would I consider them to be unreasonable requests to ask for? Am I just crazy for even having this fantasy? Do you consider this fantasy to be abnormal or perverted? I've tried to fight it off in the many ways that pornography has influenced the negative way in which I'm trying to learn what healthy, godly sexuality looks like. And this is one particular fantasy that really bothers me, and I know it's not morally okay. Perhaps this is just the lasting effect that I've viewed in porn. I want to honor God and my wife, and at the same time, avoid negating my sexuality and desires and or fantasies that I have. Sure would appreciate any insights you have. Corey's waiting for my response. Curious. I, well, I'm, I'm curious. He He's coming up with some options that is just between the two of them, between Absolutely husband and wife. Absolutely he is. Um, and some options that I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have potentially used, right? Using a toy, using um, some other mechanism that is... Uh, um, available and just the two of them are are there and what's wrong with that well so there other, nothing other than that may not be something she wants well fair but he doesn't know that because he's not uh, he's not approached this subject with her well clearly that's something to come up and i'm sure that that would be super touchy right if if he's to even bring that up with your spouse, yep. Um, that that'd That's be hard a, to do. That is a That's very, hard to do. That is a very vulnerable and exposed move. Talk about intimacy, right? Totally. The other side Exposing of that yourself to that could create something that would blow the socks off of both of you. Mm-hmm. But to get to that could be rough. Yeah. You know, it could be very painful. It could be very in, 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 insecurity-provoking. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different situations that, that that can trigger in people because you get into this arena of, what, I'm not enough for you. What? Just, you know, I can't believe that. That is perverted. You know, I can, you know so there's uh, while we can't necessarily answer every single nuance of question he's got in here, I don't want to go line by line with this. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. Because is this perverted as far as a fantasy of yours? No. And yes. <laughs> it, it, it puts it in the context of where you are, right? But as far as a human being, no. That is not a perverted thing. Because don't we have this intrigue, this curiosity, this longing, this borderline desire at times— of I wonder what I, you know where we just kind of go down these holes, these these rabbit holes. Okay, right. So I don't think that when well, and let me how you move it from is it perverted to not perverted is you start to come to grips with the fact that you know what this is just the weird little me. Where I steer all of this is absolutely what matters, and that's what he's pointing out all the way through this email. Yeah, is what do I do with this? Right. When but it still stays there. Right. When it's something that doesn't line up with my moral code, but I can't get out of my head that this is something that really is a turn on for right. me. Right. Right. It's something that's it's it's right there. It's mm-hmm. on the it's on the surface. And he's he's accurate in that 
Um, it is equated a lot of times to pornography because threesomes is a heavily searched porn term still mm -hmm. to this day. At one point, I remember years ago, it was one of the top three search terms when it came of to all searches. Well, it came when it came for specific pornography. Okay. Searches. Okay. Um, but it is so it is a prevalent uh, desire, interest, curiosity, fantasy of people that are interested in that. I tend to think that what he's really looking for, and tell me if I'm wrong on, on the way, you, but speaking as a man, what I think he's looking for is that kind of an act is a woman totally into sex, totally into the moment, totally into her power, her aggression, her, her desires, mm. her sensuality, her sexuality, her, all of that. Right, she's totally lost in the throes of that, of pleasure. Okay, and and I hear, I hear that response, and I can, I don't disagree with that. Right, I hear that as kind of an affirmation of the pornography side, which portrays women more as the totally. aggressor. And I think that's where it starts um, to get skewed through all of that. Right, where, but it, I yeah, I don't disagree. With that. He wants to see her enthralled in the moment. Yep. And I think that's the core of a lot of men. That mm -hmm. I would love to see my wife totally lost in the moment with me. Mm -hmm. Totally taken up, taken up in the experience with well, me. Well, but you threw in the words with me. Well. And he's kind well, of going. Fair. But it's I not even with him. I see it as, because to me, when you're starting to talk about the whole world of fantasies, um, you're really starting to talk about what's the point of it, what's the meaning of it, mm. right? That's where you. That's for each individual person. It's gonna it's gonna parse itself out in different ways, in that regard. So, what's the meaning of this? Yeah. Why? What's the point? What's the goal? Because he's already coming up against this wall of my morality is not not going to go that far, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make the fantasy go away. Because what what religion True. and Christianity has tried to do is let's squash fantasy in the name of sanctification let's squash desire in the name of sanctification and you just can't do that yeah you can't just squash desires yeah so it, then it comes into all right how do i steer it better which he's coming up with some alternatives he is which aren't necessarily way off base no those, those are creative solution possibilities yeah and so how do you start to see the the next step then becomes What's the courage it takes to actually bring some of this up to the light of the day with my wife? There's the rub. <laughs> totally. Totally. There's the rub. Um, but that's the step that has to be taken. Well, yeah, because a lot of times the fantasies that we have that are deep down in the secret depths of us, those are the ones that seem to wreak the most havoc. But when I bring it to the light, it takes away some of the power. It's vulnerable and scary, possibly. But it yeah, takes away a, some of the power. I'm curious to know what it's like by time. just sharing it with us. Well, that's a good that's, point. Is this something that's been shared with other people prior? Good point. Um, you know, does he feel some some load off just by possibly putting it into words, possibly, and taking it out of just his head, but having it down, you know, in an email. Um, 
it it's it's got to come up with the bride. Right. I mean, th- well, that's the whole concept of if I'm going to start trying to be all of me enthralled in a moment with someone I wish and hope was all enthralled with me, then that's one of those things that are you really all enthralled in the moment if there's something still in there that she doesn't know. Right. And is it good with him to start off with, hey, what if you're just sucking on my fingers during this, right? Starting with that. It's not a toy. Maybe. It's not the dildo or whatever. Yeah, it's, maybe. It's actually him, but he's seeing that movement of the mouth. But I think there's Throwing also viable possibilities with the whole, I can incorporate some of, the, some of the different toys and marital aids that are out there, and maybe that starts to get close. Because there's still this element of fantasy serves a purpose because it not only can titillate and excite and maybe even get you going, it can take, it could push you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Right. It can make it it can make it to where you, you can reach the goal. You can reach the the hope, the climax. Mm-hmm. But there's also that element of it can disconnect you from the person you're with. True. And so how do you find True. that marriage? And it really is a marriage of those two to where I'm steering and I'm utilizing the fantasy without it going off the rails but I'm also making sure I'm constantly engaged as much as I can with the person I'm with, because I don't think we set up scenarios in sex, especially in married sex over the long haul, where every single episode that I have with my spouse, I am always 100% enthralled and enraptured with them. Hmm. Cause there are some times where I'm just in the midst of it and all of a sudden, wow, my hip is really hurting. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm disconnected because I'm thinking about that and I'm wondering how could I make a different move to get into a better position and hope they don't feel it because they seem like they're in such a good position. All of that kind of stuff is still a disconnect. Yeah. Because I've just gone into my own body more than I am in the connection between us. Right. And so fantasy to me is how do we avoid extremes? Right? How do we mm. avoid going too far to one end or too far to the other? Because the ultimate goal is a harmony in there of the best times we've had, incorporate both mm-hmm. to in, sprinkled in there somehow mm-hmm. where you speak up and maybe that feels like, hey, I'm kind of testing this out. This is not my, this is not a character. Now all of a sudden I'm now role playing. Mm-hmm. And over time that might actually become who I am. It's no longer role play. It's, it's assimilated into who I am. Mm-hmm. So what it really boils down to me, to me and our show, I believe is is it respectful? Is it honoring? Is it God honoring? Is it wife honoring, husband honoring, mm-hmm. uh, you know, self honoring even that are you sharing all of yourself as you're going into this arena? Yeah. Because if you can answer, when you can answer those questions and even when you can come at it and say, okay, this scares me to death to bring this to light with you, <laughs> but this is one of those things that's kind of just been bouncing around for a long time. Talk about some serious intimacy right there. Yeah. And who knows where that goes? Yeah. Because that, that all of a sudden then becomes this thing of if I'm living a life that I'm steering towards integrity of I'm not acting this out, but I am sharing something that's scary of me. Right. Then, man, I got the chance to have something even deeper and more lasting maybe. Right. Let's say thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Moon and their Ever Pillow. 
Pam, I don't know about you. I mean, you've known me for a while, but <laughs> yeah. the the shopping and the the desire for a good pillow is something that's hard to find mm-hmm. it because is. there's so many options. There's so many versions. You walk up and down the aisles of the stores and you're like, oh, let's try that one. No, that stinks. Let's try that one. Nope. Too, too soft, too firm, too fat, too, too skinny. I mean, you got this variety of things and how in the world are we supposed to know which one is the best for my style? my body type, my sleep positions, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Well, the Everpillow by Infinite Moon has come up with a way to solve that. They have a fully customizable pillow that you get them and you just remove and add the natural fill to get the pillow feel to the loft of exactly what you want for your sleep style and your body type. It's really easy to use. It really is because at the end of the pillow, it just unzips and you can take out some of the all natural fibers Mm -hmm. and and cotton, or you could put some of it back in and you adjust it to what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you sleep one night and you realize that was a little bit too, too soft, hey, the next day add a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the reverse is still true. We've had them for a while and we love them. Yeah, I really love it. I, I like that I can position my head however I need based off of the thickness that I need. So their website is infinitemoon.com. And if you use the code SMR10, you save 10%. And a little bit about Infinite Moon. They're a company in Colorado, and one of the best parts is they are a job creation program that helps former felons, addicts, and homeless get job trainings and life skills. So it's great products for a great purpose. They offer free shipping, a 100-day no-risk trial for the best night's sleep ever. Visit InfiniteMoon.com, and don't forget to use the code SMR10 to save 10% on your purchase. So along the same vein... Okay. This says, hey, Corey and Pam, I asked my wife, married for 14 years, why she closes her eyes during sex, more specifically when she gets close to orgasm. She wouldn't tell me, and I really pushed her to the point that she started to break down, crying and very upset, and confessed to me that she had to think back to a time when she was a teenager, and she had a much older man pursue her where she worked. She never slept with him or had any real relationship with this older man, but he would kind of hang around hoping that she'd change her mind. This coworker of hers was a borderline stalker, infatuated with my wife. She explained that in her fantasy, she imagines she imagines him having sex with her, or more accurately, taking advantage of her, but not quite like rape. When she imagines this, it really pushes her over the edge. In real life, she said that she's repulsed, that he repulsed her, and that she had no idea why this is such a turn on. She hasn't seen him, talked about him, or worked with him for fifteen years. So as she's telling me this, she's crying her eyes out, guilt-stricken, wondering what's wrong with her. I tried reassuring her, told her how much I love her, which I do very much, and quite honestly, was very turned on by her fantasy because I really want to please her and even maybe want to role-play in her fantasy. Look, I'm all in. She said that she doesn't want to fantasize all the time, but said it's more frequent than she would like. So then, I was listening to one of our older podcasts entitled Darker Fantasies, And the email we read was almost exactly like what my wife confessed. The email from the other listener stated that the guy's wife couldn't climax unless she fantasized and she was guilt-stricken about having fantasies in the first place. My wife was also never abused, and we we too occasionally watched porn. We use toys as well. We communicate. We have great sex together, spend time together, have two wonderful boys. So what does this mean? Is it a power thing? Is it something else? My wife has assured me that she would not want to actually go through with this, and I believe her. Is this more of a common fantasy? Thanks in advance for your advice. I love your show. Hmm. 
So is it a com- more of a common fantasy from... I think there's an element yeah. because we did the yeah. episode just a couple weeks ago about chopping wood mm-hmm. in the... Ex- you know, in in one one of the segments, right? And I think it was in the extended mm-hmm. content of. There's a lot of times where women want to be taken, and that's the idea of pushing right up to the line. There is some that want to be have the rape fantasy or even beyond. Okay, but I think there's a lot of times where it is it is common for women, and I would probably venture to guess some men, to just be taken. Sure. I I can see that. I guess I can't, I don't, I can't see it from the, the rape standpoint. That's just me. Right. Right. I don't, I don't see that, but, but having a strong male presence there to be taken. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. So, so there's an element of, yes, this is common. Yes. In a lot of ways, this is more of the taboo darker, Mm -hmm. but Again, it all comes down to just like what we talked about in the first segment a little bit, that um, what's the meaning? Right. What do you equate to it? Because it is about power. Mm. Because if you look at that scenario, if you kind of look at the the one thing you can do that really is helpful with fantasies, especially repetitive ones that you keep kind of harboring back to is what are the themes? What are the major messages coming out of it? Because they're often will start to uncover Okay, this is just a way I'm looking for someone to have more power, or that's actually a turn on because power is an incredible aphrodisiac for people. Right. Power or maybe the forbidden, right? It was something yeah. that wasn't supposed to happen in this place or with this person. Right. Right. Don't you think the forbidden is part Absolutely. of that too? Absolutely. The taboo. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dark has an erotic for people. Absolutely. So. Much like the way we ended the the, the first segment, um, the, you guys, from what you're describing, the fact that she's bringing this to the light with you, the fact that you're to opening up about this, well done. Because right. that's where you start to unpack and unravel some of what's going on in this. Mm-hmm. Does it make it all go away? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it makes it diffuse some of the power over you. Mm-hmm. Going to back to the way he started this email, where he asked, why do you close your eyes during sex? And more specifically, why do you close your eyes during orgasm? There's actually research on this. Schnarch does research on how many people open their eyes during orgasm. And? Less than 20%. Okay. Actually look each other in the eye during orgasm. And what's the correlation or the result of that? Well, what do you mean by the correlation or... Uh, Well, I mean... So is it supposed to magnify, not magnify? Well, so it- his his what, the way he ventures his work, and I love it in this idea of at the moment of culmination of the connection, we disconnect. If you go to the, I close my eyes. Because we just can't bear f- to have that connection. It's just too, too deep Again, or too it intimate. It comes down to each individual person, but a lot of times it is too exposed. It's too intimate. Hmm. I don't know if you're going to like how I look when I'm orgasming. I don't know. That's too, it's too over. I'm too overwhelmed with it. I need to, or most people, and this is where he's on to based on what he picked up from his wife. They're 
kind of going internal to get to the point that they can reach the climax. Right. And I guess that's where I would so expect it to be. that's some of the disconnect. Is, right. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I stay there because I want to reach that point. Right. And I might get distracted if my eyes are open and you have some funny look on your face or whatever that might, <laughs> right. Right. might but deter it, me. But it's recognizing all of this is a language that goes on and plays out. Hmm. And so... The fact that they, as a couple, are talk, bringing this to the light of the day, having conversations about it, they're one step closer, and that's a big step towards more intimate connections together. Right. To where now maybe you can rein it in a little better in the sense that, you know what, I'm going to disappear for a little bit to get myself going, going a little bit more, and maybe that's not as much of a threat. Yeah. Because it is like, well, well okay, I'll hang around. Or now we both know what we're working towards. Sure. Hey, stay with me. Stay engaged. Yeah. Yeah. She, she has a lot going on though in the, you know, here she is in tears telling him what it is she's thinking of. And right. It seems like there's some stuff to work through there, right? There. Absolutely. There could be, but I would sit here and say the fantasies that we have, it does not helpful. It's not helpful at all for us to feel guilty about them. Because they're fantasies, Hmm. right? They're just weird little parts of us that were born out of something. Sure. And then the mind can go in all kinds of different ways. Isn't the guilt part of how you you understand what the meaning is behind it, though? Well, I think you start to understand what's the message of it, right? But because I I want I think that's a good distinction there, Pam, of separating out what's the message that I feel guilty about. Now let me challenge the meaning of that message. Should I feel guilty about that? Because that's a different route. Mm-hmm. When I lump those two things together, man, they got a lot of power over me. Right. And I just react to them. But when I can tease those suckers out a little better and start to realize, okay, I see where that comes from. That's not something I want. But could I dabble in there a little bit more and not feel guilty? Maybe. Can I steer See, that, it a better that's way? Just a Maybe. Total juxtaposition there for me. If if I dabble in it, it's something that makes me feel guilty, but it's okay to dabble in it. Well, dabble doesn't Isn't, mean go way far into it, but hang out in it on the sense of okay, if I'm really trying to explore what's the message, how do I do it without the judgment? To figure out what is the message. Hmm. Because if the message I mean, we get caught up in we pick up something growing up, evolving as life, evolving in marriage, as our sexual beings evolve. We pick up these things and we take it to the bank and we never challenge it. And a lot of the reason is because we get into this judgment of it, this right and wrong of it. Okay. So sometimes what I have to do is recognize when that stuff comes up, how do I just suspend judgment for a little bit to see if I can unpack it a little more? To see if I can see what is the real message going on in there? Hmm. I mean, there's, Pam, to put you on the spot a little bit, do you have voices in your head at times in life? Not just in sexuality, but in all of life? Do you have things that messages that are said to you from little voices in your head? Probably on, on a regular basis, <laughs> okay. yes. How many of those voices... And this is not about multiple personalities or schizophrenia. No. This is just about reality of life. Right. How many of those voices are actually allies for you? 
Oh my that are gosh. giving you good messages, I'd that are really cheering en- you on. It's the enemy most of the time. <laughs> totally. Most of the people, I mean, this is one of Schnarch's statements from the last training I went to, when you're looking at, we were exploring the world of masturbation and recognizing when you're, most of the people have feel really guilty about masturbation because they're having sex with someone that's not a friend hmm. because they really don't like themselves. The messages in their head are not life-producing and edifying messages. Hmm. They're really dark and evil and mean. And so that's where fantasies are. And so if I want to venture into that, and by I mean what I, what I mean by that is dabble in it, yeah. I have to suspend judgment a little bit to give it a, to take away a little bit of that power to start seeing what is it really. That's where therapy comes into play a lot of times. Yeah, coaching. I would say, because how long do you dabble in it? Well, again, on a moral stance from what you and I believe, my actions are what really matter. And I know those of you that are devout in the faith are going to come at me, but Jesus said, if you lust at a, after a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. Okay, but even that is willful action towards something else. This is internal of trying to examine what are some of the things that are going on with it within me that how do I steer that is ultimately what matters okay. and I think that's how I have to start it is suspend judgment and then start to ask myself what's the meanings of this what's the point what's the goal and now it sounds like she's got a willing participant to venture into some of the dark to help her come out on the end of, in, in a little more light yeah that's a great route All right, so we went a little long today. That's all right. Hopefully people got something out of it. Let's set the stage for the extended content today. And this is an email that came in that says, Hey, Dr. Corey, I just discovered your podcast, and and the timing has been great. My husband and I's sex life has never been good in the eight years we've been married, but now it's the worst it's ever been since we've had our third baby. A big issue for us is that my husband often experiences performance anxiety. Not all the time. But often he starts out feeling turned on but loses his erection after things heat up. This means that we go, we need to go from initiation to intercourse really quickly, and most of our foreplay is cut out, which means that it's usually painful for me and it's all over way too fast. We do pleasure each other in other ways when we can't have intercourse, but occasionally it just ends in frustration for both of us and goes nowhere. He particularly feels pressure if I initiate, so I feel like I can't anymore. I think I have a higher drive, and I have reassured him that we don't have to have intercourse to connect sexually. We rarely have sex now, so some advice about dealing with performance anxiety would be great. Second question I would love to hear answered is how to initiate sex for both men and women. I, you know, For example, what to say or do to start things off, or how to turn the other person on without it being awkward. Thanks for your show. There's two things we can unpack in the extended content, so... If you're not a member, hope to see you there. Well, if you hung with us all the way through, well done. This was one of our longer episodes. Yeah. Largely just because the topic uh, deserves the time to, to really unpack it, to really dive deep into it. Because these are things we don't cover a lot. Right. Because in large part, they're difficult to cover. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many nuances and perspectives that are just unique to the situation and the people involved. Yeah. 
And so if there's something undone or you want a little bit more, um, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or even better, 214-702-9565 is how you can get to the front of the line. And if even us talking about something on the air isn't what you're hoping for, let me know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll set up go one-on-one with this. Right. And talk through more specifics that steer it exactly to what's going on in your situation. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Once again, thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, we'll see you next time.